Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I'm back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about why prayer never works for you. Yes, why prayer never works for you. This is a teaching podcast, so I want you to go and grab your Bible, something to write with, and take some copious notes. Trust me, you are going to want to write down a few things that I'm going to share with you. Listen, as I was preparing for this show, I was thinking about a few things as I'm always trying to develop and connect with God on a deeper level and work on the things that I need to work on so that I can hear God properly, so that I can communicate with God properly, because it's all about a personal relationship with Christ. He really wants to be in a relationship with you. And as I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, he made me aware of something I never thought of. And he was saying to me, he said, you know, many times we are just taught to say prayers to God, but that doesn't necessarily mean we are effectively praying. And when I thought about what he said, he is so right. Because when I learned to pray, you know, my mom would teach me certain things. And there was a particular prayer that I would pray every night before I went to bed. And it sound like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now, Many of you, after hearing what I just said, you may have learned the same prayer, but that doesn't mean you are effectively communicating with God. And our parents teach us the best way that they know how, but that doesn't mean that that's the right way. And as I begin to grow and evolve and change in my walk with God over the many years that I've been saved, I've had to come to the realization that My parents and my pastor and people back in the day, they just taught you what they knew. And generally, most times, many times, we're listening to people who really have not experienced God for themselves. Now, that's not a dig, but it's just the truth. Because generally, books are written, people preach sermons, they teach sermons, They do things, but they really have not had a personal encounter with the Lord so that he can really talk to them about how to engage with him. It's just like anything else in life. I would rather listen to someone who has had a deep, profound experience with God as opposed to just coming up with prayers because they think this is something God wants to hear. And this is where we are, in my opinion, in the body of Christ and at the church at large. I think we just been taught how to say prayers to God, but that doesn't mean that we know him and it doesn't mean that we are effectively communicating with him. So for just these few moments, I just want to share and just help you to understand why prayer probably is never working for you. And I just hit on just one of those reasons is that we probably are just saying prayers to God. But see, when we know God, he becomes father. 
is not just God. He's father. And when we're communicating with father, prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And maybe you've been taught that. Maybe you think that prayer is all about you getting out your list, writing all the things you don't like about your life, the people you can't stand, the people who you want God to take off the planet, the people that's getting on your nerves, telling God things that he already knows. This stuff is not effective. This stuff will drain you and it will cause you to be frustrated, wondering why this doesn't work for me. I mean, I've talked to people as a pastor. And I asked them, do you pray? And they say, yeah, I do. And I'm always thinking now, I'm wondering what you're saying to God. I'm wondering what it is. How is your communication with the father? Think of it this way. Those of us that are parents, when your children ask you for anything, do they say a prayer to you? Do they say, dearest mommy, dearest daddy, would you please make me a grilled cheese sandwich? Would you please? I know I've not been good. I know I've not been the best. But if you can please, mom, if you can please, dad, make me something to eat. If you can please buy me a pair of shoes. You know, I know that I haven't done all the things. I know I haven't dotted every I, crossed every T. But if you can please, your kids don't talk to you like that. Because you are their parent. You are mom. You are dad. There's a communication. There's a dialogue there. So if it doesn't work that way in the natural, it can't work that way in the spirit as it relates to God. He is our father. We go to him and we communicate. But better yet, we speak to God about the things that we need or the things that we don't understand or the things that seemingly are so far off from us. And one of the things that I've learned about prayer, too, one of the reasons why it doesn't work is because we are trying to get God to us. We're trying to get father to us. But I thought that God lives on the inside of us. That was one of the great profound revelations that I learned a long time ago, that God lives inside of me. I want you to think about that when you start to pray, because if you think that you are trying to get a God in heaven or a God out in the atmosphere or a God that's so far away from you, if you got to welcome him in, if you got to say, come Holy Spirit, come God, it's like, are you really understanding that God lives inside of you, that he is taking up residence inside of you? So I'm not trying to ask God to get to me or to come to me or to manipulate or all of these spiritual calisthenics that we do that we learned from people who actually don't know God, who they don't really have a profound revelation or insight about how to engage with God in prayer. And we have to realize this is so powerful. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. If you have to do this to get God to come to you, you don't know God at all. And I know you may not like what I'm saying, but listen, man, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You don't know God at all. And this is one of the reasons, another reason why prayer never works for you. God is already living inside of you. If you are saved and you are born again, born from above, the way now that you communicate with God is different than what the world does. See, the world don't know God. Let them do all of their ritualistic prayers and all of it, because God's not listening to them anyway. God is listening to you and I who are his children. 
And everybody, newsflash, is not a child of God. Those that have not repented of their sins and put their faith in God, God is not dealing with them. It's not that God doesn't care, but he's not dealing with them. We do have to learn how to properly engage with the Lord. So I want you to think about that the next time that you pray. You got to understand that the Lord lives inside of you. And notice one of the things that Jesus said, even in Matthew chapter six, which is one of the verses of scripture that I'm going to talk to you about quickly here in a moment. He said that hypocrites love to pray. Think about that. Hypocrites love to pray. Jesus said that. They love to pray. So by that metric, you can pray and be full of hypocrisy. It's just an act. Jesus said they love to be seen praying. They love to use vain repetitions and big and lofty words. I mean, when I think about this in the church that I grew up in, I mean, I love those people and I know they love me. But some of that stuff was a show. It was an act. They didn't know God. They, they really didn't know who God, God was just God. He wasn't father. Because if you catch them on a day that they were not in church, they didn't sound that way. They didn't talk that way. But for whatever reason, when you don't know God, you put on an act to make people think that you know him. You have no power, you have no communication ability. So one of the things that I know that God wants us to be, that father, that daddy wants us to be before him is real. Let's put the act away. Let's put the phoniness away. And I'm sure God at times, he like, listen, come back and talk to me when you're ready to be real. Come back and speak to me when you are ready to tell me what this is really all about. But until such time, I'm not good with the act. I'm not good with the phoniness. We have to begin to learn how to talk to God. And again, prayer doesn't begin until there's a dialogue. See, it's one thing for you to talk to God, but is he talking to you? Some of this may be a revelation to you. Maybe you didn't know that God wants to talk to you. You doing all the talking. You are spending 30 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe some of you an hour telling God what he already knows. Think about this. I said this to my church the other day. I said, Adam and Eve never prayed. Find that in the Bible. They never prayed. God came down in the cool of the day to communicate with them, to spend time with them, to relate with them. That is what prayer is. Prayer is not about you hitting your knees. There's nothing wrong with uh, hitting your knees and praying. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can pray standing up. You can pray while you're walking. You don't have to kneel while you pray. I get it. It's a form of reverence and respect before God. I do it, but not all the time. I do it when I'm led to do it. But when I'm not led to do it, I know God can still talk to me. I can still talk to him while I'm standing up. If I'm laying in the bed, if I'm laying prostrate before the Lord, I just believe that God is just so happy and glad that we can get an opportunity to talk to him in the first place. This is what I love about prayer. Prayer does not begin on your knees. It begins after you get up because it's a lifestyle, how you live, how you treat people. I can tell people who are really talking to God by how they treat me and other people. We cannot look at this as just something that is coming out of our mouths. We talk to God or we try to pray to God. 
but our heart many times is so far from him. And so we have to correct that. So if you've ever said, I just don't know why prayer doesn't work for me. I can't figure out why it's taking so long for prayers that I'm praying to God to be answered. Well, the reality is, are you just saying prayers to him or are you speaking with him? Are you having a monologue or are you having a dialogue? Is he just God to you or is he father? I mean, does he really mean something to you? Sometimes we have been introduced to God, but check this out. I can introduce you to my wife, but that don't mean you know her. I just made an introduction. And sometimes we're just in the introductory stage of dealing with God. But after that, that's where we have to start. But we have to grow in our knowledge of God. And one of the things I lament in the body of Christ, being a pastor, most Christians, most believers, I'm just going to throw this out here. I think 99.99% of most people have no idea what they have in God. They got no clue what God has done for them. They have no Bible verse that will tell them anything. When you are praying with God, you have got to know what he's already done. We spend too much time trying to manipulate God, trying to beg and plead and tell him things that he doesn't know. And I'm telling you, God has probably hung up his phone hours ago. Think about that. We're talking about God. Do we have to tell him I'm sick? Do we have to tell God I have no money? You have to tell people that. But people are not your father. They're not your God. They're not your savior. They don't have the information, the revelation, the depth, the wisdom, the understanding of how the worlds were framed. We're talking about God here, the master of the universe. Think about that. Do we really need to spend 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes telling God I don't like my job? Come on now, think about that. We need to communicate with God and prayer begins with praise. I wanna thank God for the opportunity that I can even get an audience with him. And so before I start complaining, which that's not good, throw the complaint out the window before I start being negative, before I start telling God and pulling out my wish list or pulling out my list of things that I need him to do for me. Let's think about who we are talking to. We are talking to God and we just need to thank him. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive. Thank you that I have food to eat because there's somebody somewhere that don't even have any food. Thank you, God, that I got a glass of water to drink because there are people in the United States that don't have clean water. I'm not talking about in third world countries. I'm talking about right now. They don't even have clean water to drink, let alone to bathe in. But if you do, do you know how long you can begin to thank God and talk to him and communicate him with how grateful you are? And you talking about a conversation. God loves to think about this. I'm sure. I don't know because I'm not God. But my goodness, I'm sure God is like, when are y'all going to come to me and just tell me how much you love me? When are you going to come to me and just say, Lord, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anybody I can bless and help? What is my assignment today? Or Lord, I don't want anything. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to just be with you. People in the natural get tired of that. You wouldn't want anybody around you. They only come, they only show up when they need something. Would you think that you in a real relationship with that type of person? No, you wouldn't. 
And God doesn't feel like that either. He doesn't like that either. He just don't want you coming around when your rent is due. He don't want you coming around when you got a bad doctor's report. Come on, we need to have some level of reverence for God at the highest level. Reverence is respect. When the Bible says fear the Lord, he's talking about reverence him. Know who he is. Our knees ought to quake when we get in the presence of God, not in fear, but in holy reverence to him. And these are, and I've been saying this now, some of the reasons why prayer just doesn't work. We got to recalibrate our thoughts. We got to recalibrate our mind. We got to really dig deep into this and say, I'm going to put away the prayers. Let me say this. Stop listening to people who have no personal revelation of who God is. And I said this early in the show, and I think I'm going to say it again. There are a lot of books that are written, and some of these books are written by people who are not even saved. They don't even know God. They're just coming up with strategies and concepts and ideas. But prayer is not about a concept. It's not about a strategy. It's not about an idea. We in the church, we got too many five points to this or 10 points to that or 17 strategies to this. So it's almost like we're making this a game. But let me help you with something. God is a person. He's a spirit. And if we're going to communicate with him, we got to communicate with him spirit to spirit, not flesh to flesh, not soul to soul. We got to learn how to connect to God the right way. And then the answered prayer that we are looking for is not in the realm of the flesh. It's not in the realm that we live. It's in a whole nother spiritual realm. So you and I have got to really get connected back to God in the realm of the spirit. And prayer is simply relationship with God. Me thanking him, praising him, worshiping him. And through that divine exchange, he will talk to you. He will communicate his heart to you. He will tell you things about you and things that are going on in your life. One of the reasons why we try to manipulate God is because somewhere in our heart, we know we have no relationship with him. But when you have the presence of God living inside of you, he takes care of your rent. He takes care of your car note. He makes sure you eat. See, when he's close and he's around, you mean to tell me God is close and he's around and you're going to suffer and not have what you need? Oh, no, no, that's not true. Whenever he's around, trust me, it's because you have become aware of his presence. One of the biggest problems I believe that people don't understand, especially people who are trying to get into a relationship with God, they don't know he's aware. They have this inability within them to be able to perceive what's going on and they can't recognize. We have a recognition problem. Many of us can't recognize how blessed we are because we're too busy complaining. We cannot see it. And so if I were to take you into third world countries and show you what they have, then the light bulb will come on. You say, oh, wow, I didn't know y'all was living like this. But do we always have to be in that environment for somebody to tell us what we already have in God? You should already know that. But because God is not, we are not aware of his presence. I I think Jacob said, surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. 
Think about that. The Lord was in the place and he didn't even know it. But when he woke up to the fact, when he became aware that the Lord was there, notice what he said. How wonderful is this place? When you really wake up to the reality of who God is in your life, you're going to say, man, why did it take me so long to develop this living, abiding relationship with God? And that is what prayer is. It's not about saying prayers. No, it's about communicating with the Father. Let me give you this chapter here, Matthew chapter six. I'm going to read the Lord's prayer to you and pull out just some prayer points to help you to understand the dynamic of how a relationship with the Father should be. Matthew chapter six, starting at verse number nine, it says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Notice the first thing that Jesus was teaching his disciples because they marveled at how Jesus talked to the Father. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because clearly what you got going on with your father is what we want to have, but we don't even have it. And and newsflash, the disciples didn't have a prayer life. All right. But notice what Jesus said again. He said, after this manner, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven. Notice he said, not God is in heaven. He said, our father, meaning that he's not everybody's daddy. Is everybody your father? No. In the natural, everybody is not your father, but whoever birthed you, brought you in the world, they're your parents. And he's trying to get the disciples to understand he is your father and his name is hallowed. That name is wonderful. That name is great. That name is profound. When you know who you are talking to, anything is possible. When you really know who you're speaking to, the blind eyes can open, the lame can walk, the dumb can talk. He was trying to help them to really understand who God is and he's father. And that's something that I said earlier in the show. Verse number nine, he said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Notice he said the kingdom is coming. God's rule and domain. He said, but where is it coming? Thy will be done in earth, not the earth and the planet. The will of God doesn't need to come to the earth. It needs to come to you. You are the earth where God's will wants to be established. God wants you to know his will his plan. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. So this is not talking about just the will of God, just coming to the earth and just floundering around. No, God wants his will to come to you. He wants you to know what he's done for you. He wants you to know what he's doing. This notion that God doesn't want you to know or you can't figure out the will of God is just not true. The scripture says, be not unwise, but know what the will of God is concerning you. So he says, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done as it is in heaven. In other words, what's going on in heaven needs to mirror what's going on in the earth. So whatever is going on in heaven, and I don't live in heaven, but I know there's some wonderful things that are going on there. Then it needs to be happening in you, in those that are saved, in those that are born again, in those that are speaking and communicating with father, with daddy. God says the will of God should be going forth in your life. So we should never pray and say, Lord, if it's your will, do this. If it's your will, do that. When I hear people say that, I immediately think you don't know God at all. You don't know the will of God because the will of God is found where? 
in the word of God. This is why knowing your Bible is so important. We don't know our Bible, so we babble. I'm going to say that again. We don't know our Bible, so we babble. We just talk about all kinds of stuff in prayer that God is like, this is ridiculous. I need you to know me. I need you to know what my will is, my purpose for your life. And then look at verse number 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Do you know really what that means when it says, give us this day our daily bread? It means that there is a provision already. So why do we pray for things we want? Because this truth has not yet entered our heart yet. That's why. That's why we always telling God, Lord, don't you know I have nothing to eat? Don't you know I'm broke, busted, and disgusted? Don't you know the light's going to get cut off at 12? Don't you know? We don't understand. But right here in the word of God, Jesus is taking time to help them disciples to understand there is already a provision, a daily provision for you. May I say this to you? You should not be struggling. You're only struggling because you are not aware. You've become ignorant of what God has already done. And and ignorant means you just don't know, but you can't live your life like that. Moving forward, I want you to have an attitude and say, I'm not going to live my life in the dark. I'm not going to live my life not knowing certain things. What you don't know is destroying you right here and right now. Ignorance destroys everything about what you're trying to achieve and do in God. And so he says, hey, man, there's already a daily provision here. And it is my will to feed you. It is my will to clothe you. It is my will to take care of things for you. But if you don't know that, what are you doing? We step ahead of God in front of God and we start doing things and we get ourselves in trouble. And then we go to God and tell God to get us out of it. And he said, but if you only knew my will, if you only knew that there was a daily provision for you, if you only knew that I've already had this worked out, would we be struggling in life if we already knew some things? I would hope no. Because you already know God has something in store. And then everything shifts and changes within this prayer. Look at verse number 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice again, forgive us our debts. We always have to have a prayer posture before the Lord of forgiveness. Every day you ought to get up and say, Lord, forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me of anything that I might do. Lord, forgive me of the things that I didn't know that I was doing. Make me aware of the things. I want you to forgive us, Lord, of our debts. Here's why. Because as we forgive our debtors. So, Father, as you forgiving me, I need to forgive other people. As you have not hold my past over my head, I'm not holding other people's past. See, when you really know God and you know what you've been forgiven of, and most of us don't, We really have no clue, no idea what we've been forgiven of. But the moment you know what you've been forgiven of, when people do things to you, you release them of the debt. You say, you know what, man, I know who I am. I know the things I've done, the things I'm ashamed of, embarrassed of. Man, if this got out about what I did, I wouldn't be able to hold my head up. But God forgave me. He didn't hold it over my head. He's not beating me up with it. So why do we treat other people the way that God never treated us? If God treated you with love, then you ought to forgive other people and let them go. 
Because you truly cannot be forgiven of God in certain things that you're doing if you're holding on to things that people have done to you. And I hear it all the time. You just don't know what they did to me. No one knows. You're right. And no one cares. You know why? Because God said, look at what I did for you. Look at what I really did for you. Do you know you were supposed to die for yourself? Do you know you was in such a mess? You should have been hanging on that tree. It should have been you that they were nailing to the cross. But I did that for you. And I want you to become aware of what God has done for you. And the people in your life that have done you wrong, I get it. It hurts you. I understand. I've had things done to me. But you know what? As I matured, spiritually matured in God, I said, you know what? I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my walk with the Lord. And see, that's got to be number one for you as it relates to your prayer life. One of the reasons why, again, prayer never works for you is because you're too connected and tied to other people. You need to disconnect yourself from them and start connecting back to God. You put other people and what they've done to you ahead of what God has done for you or done to you. People have done so many bad things to you. So you keep that at the forefront, not God. You don't keep God at the center, at the head. What someone has done to you, you rehearse it, you talk about it, you're negative, you gossip, you do all this stuff because you're hurt. But God is saying, I need you to realign and I need to be first in your life. And when God is first in your life, he begins to minister to you in this dialogue I'm calling prayer. Now, this monologue, this dialogue, he begins to share with you not only why you're hurting, but when this really entered your heart. Sometimes we don't know when something really entered our heart. We just know when we started to react to it. Just because you're reacting something is not when the seed of the rejection or the pain got in there. So God is really trying to help us and really trying to minister to us and navigate us through these perils, these hard and difficult situations. And so these are what I call petitions that we give to God. Not that we don't know who God is, or as we are trying to know who God is, but it's an engagement here with the Father, as a son would have with the Father. So Lord, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And verse 13, and lead us not into temptation. Think about that. Lead us not. Lord, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I love that because that's such a sincere communication with the Father. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. You know, I'm just not ready right now for that. I'm not there. I haven't leveled up. I don't have the power right now. I'm not aware of what I have in you. So don't lead me into that temptation before time. But Lord, I want you to deliver me from evil. What is that? Sickness, pain disease, dying early, whatever it is that could cause evil. I'm talking to the father, deliver us from evil. Why? For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the kingdom. Lord, this is your kingdom and the power. I'm recognizing now that I didn't know before that God, you got power. Sometimes we know, or we have this concept that God has power, but let me rephrase this. God has all power all power, and all glory forever. Amen. And so when we understand this, we've got to understand that let his will come. 
So when his will comes, everything that is happening in my life as I'm walking with the Lord and I'm becoming aware of what his will is, I can communicate and talk to God based on what the will of the Lord is. And trust me, your conversation is going to be far different when your education of what the will of the Lord is. And so these are the things that he wanted his disciples to know, that he's your father, that the veil has been rent. You got divine access now. You don't need the priest in the Old Testament to go and burn bullocks on the altar and turtle doves and sheep and oxen and all of those things. No, God sought to come out of all of that. And he said, I want to live in you right in the throne of your heart. So here's the master key of prayer. Write this down as I hope you've been writing down some other things that I've been saying today. So the master key of prayer is the acknowledgement of who God is and what he has already done. So when I'm praying, I am giving thanks for what he has already provided. That's the beginning of prayer. And it will begin to grow and grow and grow. Every day when you get up, this is what I want you to do. Start thanking God before you ask him of anything because he already knows what you need. He knows what you need. Stop telling God what he already knows. I'm going to say that to you again. Stop telling God what he already knows. And you know people get on your nerves when you just, they like, I already know that. You told me that 10 times already. How do you think God feels? And you're telling him this all throughout the day. And he's saying, but can you be grateful and thankful for what I've already done for you? When are you going to lift up your hands to God and say, Lord, I thank you for what you've already done? God's not doing anything new. Whatever is new is just because you didn't know it was in the word of God. And so when it came to your life, you was like, wow. But the wow was already there. You just finally got a revelation of the very thing that he's already done. Here's my last verse here in John 11. Let's go there. John 11. I'm going to read two verses of scripture to you. In John 11, we're going to look at verse 41 and 42. Because look at this prayer point here. This is really powerful. Then they took away the stone. This was when Lazarus was dead in John chapter 11. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laying. Notice what Jesus did. Notice what his prayer was. Notice why he even prayed in the first place. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Notice Jesus didn't say to God, oh Lord, Lazarus is dead. What are we going to do? Lord, I don't know, Father. He didn't tell God what God already knew. He thanked him. I don't think y'all hearing what I'm saying to you today. Father, I thank thee that you hear me. This is what we need to do when we pray. Lord, I thank you that you hear me and go on about your day. That's prayer. Because you're thanking God because you know that you have a relationship with him. You're thanking him because you know you are not far from him and he's not far from you. And he lifted up his eyes, the Bible said, and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Verse 42, he said, I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus wasn't even going to go through this. He did this for them. So they would know 
that he has a relationship with the father. This is powerful, which means that you don't have to prove that you got a relationship with God in prayer. See, we like to prove. That's why Jesus said hypocrites love to pray, because they want to prove they know God by all of these words and all of these things and trying to be intelligent. And like I said at the beginning of the show, most of these people don't know God at all. But Jesus said, I did this for you. I did this so you would believe. I already know God hears me. <laughs> I already know my father talks to me. And when we really, really know this, the whole circumference of our prayer life will change. And if you, as you begin to read the Bible, even in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, the apostles' prayer life changed. It grew. It evolved. Because they knew that God was with them. They would just say things, be healed, rise up and walk. That's prayer. You know why? Because I'm acting as if God would. See, when you really know the father, you just act the way he would here on the planet. You don't have to be begging God to hear you, begging God to come through for you. If you're begging and pleading, please don't take this the wrong way because I love you. You don't know God. You think you do, but you don't. Because when you really know God, do I really need to beg God? My son don't beg me for food. He knows me. He know dad. You know, wh what do we have in here to eat? Oh, we got this. Oh, oh, can we have that? Or can we have this? And if I have it, I'll do it. No father withholds from a child. Would God withhold from us? And the principles about fatherhood come from the master himself. And so we got to get a divine realignment. I pray today that there were a few things that I said to you that help you to realize maybe, just maybe, why my prayer doesn't work is because the relationship I thought I had with God, I don't have it at all. But here's the wonderful thing. You can fix that. You can go to God and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've been dealing with you and trying to get you here, and all the while you've been here. All you got to do is be honest before the Lord, and speak to him, and communicate with him, and wait for God to communicate back to you. That's the beginning of prayer. That's the beginning of power. That's the beginning of your peace. That's the beginning of revelation, insight, and knowledge of who God is in you. But well, that's all that I had to share with you today. I pray, I really do, that this helped you. I think it did. I really do. I don't know where you are, but somewhere in my heart, I believe something I said to you today really helped you. Listen, reach out to me and let me know. Send me an email today at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today and let me know this episode was a blessing to you. And share, 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 share this episode with a friend, a family, someone who is struggling and have said, prayer doesn't work for me. Maybe this can be an answer for them. You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Right now, I have a subscriber box there on the homepage. Put your email in there. And once you click that send button, I will send back to you some things that will empower you and a monthly newsletter to encourage you so that we can stay connected so that you can be directed. And finally, if these shows are blessing you, it does cost me to produce these shows. But if you want to financially partner with me, do it today. Go back to that website at thomasadeloach.com. Scroll almost down to the bottom of the screen. There is a donation button. Click that button there. Again, no 
dollar amount is too big or too small. And everything you give helps me to create a better show. Please believe me. I am trying to create some better shows. So we're going to be having some interviews here. There's some other things that I need to buy uh, so that these shows can be produced at a higher quality. So again, whatever you give can help to defray the cost because I am here for the long haul to really help you, to inspire you. So go to that website and send your best gift. I promise you, you are helping someone know the Lord. And at the end of the day, what we do with our money really matters. So if this is blessing you, do it today. Give today. Listen, God is good. Develop your prayer life with these things that I share with you today. Do the work. And if you do, I promise you, you're going to know God in a real profound way. And remember, until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.